In this episode, we are talking about Ephesians chapter 5, part 2, verses 22 through 33, talking about wives and husbands and about sex. Come on, join me in this episode. Howdy, welcome to God's Adopted. I'm here to help encourage you to grow in faith through stories, teaching, and practical examples so you can experience more of God in and through your life. When we get born again, He adopts us. This podcast is here to encourage us all to grow in becoming the children of God He's adopted us to become. Join me and learn to do like Peter did. Let's get out of the boat and step on the water with Jesus. This episode is finishing off chapter 5 of Ephesians, so I'm calling it part 2, and we're looking at verses 22 through 33. And I know I said in the intro, going to talk a little bit about sex, because we are. But I want to start with prayer. So please join with me for a moment in prayer. Father God, I praise you and thank you for my brothers and sisters and for the relationship that you've given us with yourself by adopting us as your children. And Father, thank you so much for marriage, even for the possibility of being able to be married and being able to be a husband and a wife, and how you show us that that paints a picture of a relationship between Jesus and the church. I pray that you would be near to us, and that you would guide and guard our thoughts, even today, and we just pray for your guidance, even through this episode, in looking at your word and your truths, and I pray that you'd help to bring them alive and to, to help us apply your truth in our lives, Father, in Jesus' name, amen. So I'm, I know I mentioned about the idea of sex, but how can you think of husbands and wives without thinking about sex? Now, if you want a really full picture and explanation about marriage versus not marriage, in other words, being single versus being married, then I highly recommend at some point Go and read 1 Corinthians chapter 7 and read it through and, and pray about it and wrestle with it. The Bible is clear that ultimately the Apostle Paul, he says himself, recommends that everyone be single if it was possible. But at the same time, he knew that we all have, or many of us, or most of us have desires, and that God has provided a way for some of these desires to be met through being able to be married and have a marriage. In this second part of Ephesians chapter 5, the Apostle Paul is continuing on as he has already in Ephesians. And in chapter 5, he was saying earlier to be imitators of God. But what does that have to do with husbands and wives? And how do you apply that? Well, let's, let's go ahead and I'm going to read some verses and then I'm just going to give Basically, what I believe is coming to mind, what, what I believe is being highlighted in, in my spirit, by Holy Spirit, hopefully, let's just talk a little bit about this. Let me read some verses here, right? Right off, in verse 22, he says, Wives, submit to your husbands as to the Lord. For the husband is the head of the wife, and Christ also is the head of the church, being himself the Savior of the body. But as the church is subject to Christ, so let the wives also be to their husbands in everything. Husbands, love your wives, even as Christ also loved the church 
and gave himself up for it, that he might sanctify it, having cleansed it by the washing of the water of the word, that he might present the church to himself gloriously, not having spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that it should be holy and without blemish. Which reminds me of a verse in John 15, 3, where Jesus is speaking to his disciples and he says to them, you are already clean because of the word which I have spoken to you. Interesting. So how does cleansing come? In verse 26, it just it says how Jesus is sanctifying or cleansing the body of Christ, the church, by the washing of water with the word, the word of God, with his truth, with his truth being taught to us, and then we apply his truth in our lives, and as we turn to his way versus other, right? I didn't say our way, I said other. Anything that is not his way is other. And his way is light and other is not light. But let's go back to the top here where it says, wives submit to your husbands as to the Lord. A long time ago, well, not too long after I was born again, which was quite a while ago, over 20 something, 30 something years ago. <laughs> anyway, I was really pressing in and reading the Bible. And I really recommend that if you have not read through the Bible, and I mean like take start with the New Testament and literally read through it. Don't worry about commentaries and what people say about different things and or even what I say necessarily, but read straight through the Bible and ask the Lord to show his truth to you and make it clear to you. And as he does, apply it in your life. Well, this person came up to me and they knew that I had been reading and studying the Bible and some of that was based on them watching me do it, but also some was based on them listening and hearing what I was talking about to other people and stuff like that too. And they came to me and they said how they were married and how the Bible talks about that the wife is supposed to to obey their husband. And this person was focusing on sex. Now, I truly believe that Christians should have, that Christians ought to have the best sex lives possible. I think that's part of the blessing of being able to be married and have a marriage. I also believe that this is about a relationship between two people in agreement. How do I mean that? Well, this person was basically saying how their wife didn't want to do certain things in regards to sex, and they wanted to, and they wanted me to give them permission based on the Bible to force their wife to treat them a certain way. And I, that is not what I read in the scriptures at all. Ultimately, I read how the husband ought to love his wife the way that Christ loves the church. And I don't see Jesus forcing himself or his ways onto anyone. He gives us a choice. You know, in the Old Testament, God gives the Israelites his, his commandments, his statutes, his way of living. And ultimately, he, he tells them, look, 
you have to choose for yourself. And you can find this really at the end of, of Joshua, really, but you can you see it all throughout the Bible in various ways. And and God basically stands and says, I'm showing you my way, and my way is life. And any other way is death. But you have to choose for yourself. And and God always says that He His hope. If he has a choice in the matter, what his desire is, is that we always choose his way, that we choose life. And Jesus talks about having life more abundant. Now, when we're talking about marriage, I think it's difficult to talk about marriage without talking about sex, because without any desires at all, some of the biggest reasons to have marriage would go away. And I'm talking about desires being met. And I'm not talking about ungodly desires. If something's ungodly, then whether you're married or not married, it's not even the question. If it's ungodly, if you know that it's that it's not pleasing to God, then turn away from it because it's darkness. And in regards to husbands and wives and the wife submitting to her husband, well, this is the Bible saying submit to your husbands as to the Lord. And what about the husband? Well, it says that the husband is the head of the wife. And Christ also is the head of the church, being himself the savior of the body. And and so is the husband being the savior? Is the husband doing the best that he can? Now, I want to be realistic. None of us, except the Lord himself, is perfect. And we can take the word perfect, and you might have heard one of my other episodes where I talk about the word perfect in the Bible. Perfect is like without error and without sin, and surely Jesus is all of that. He is perfect in every sense of the word perfect. But when we're speaking of biblical terms, using the word perfect in the New Testament especially, on most occasions, if we're talking about ourselves, it means to be mature. And I want to challenge you. I want to challenge husbands and I want to challenge wives that all of us in our individual relationship with the Lord ought to be growing. We ought to be maturing. And if we're not maturing, if we're not growing, then we're always going to have problems and issues. If we're growing, we will still have problems and issues because we're human beings and we have flesh. And in Romans, we there's this wrestling that you hear about. I believe it's in chapter 7, where he talks about that he has this war going on between his spirit and his flesh. He wants to do one thing in his spirit, in other words, to follow Christ, and in his flesh, he wants to do a different thing. And, and there's this war going on. Well, with a, a husband and wife, there is that war is going on individually, but now you've made a commitment with each other. And the Bible talks about how when we come together with somebody in, a, in this physical relationship, we become one with them. Other words, beyond just a physical relationship. And you can't escape that. What am I saying ultimately? Well, in regards to sex, I would say this. If, if number one, don't bring anything else into the picture of sex in your life, in your marriage, outside of your marriage. Other words, the two of you. Talk about whatever you need to talk about. Discuss things. See, and 
I really, my heart's desire, I love, I love marriage. I love seeing people have healthy marriages. I know what it's like to have an unhealthy one myself for years, even in having been in denial and not recognizing what was going on. And I know what it is to come away from that also. And I want to encourage you that we all come to a marriage with, let's just call it luggage. And part of our marriages include growing, which is a mutual, a relationship with each other, closer than we have with anybody else, and in ways that we have with nobody else, or ought to only have with each other. And I want to encourage us all to be able to learn how to communicate with each other. Now, sometimes it, it's just there's areas in our lives that we have a hard time communicating. And some of this is one of those things. If you ever need help with that, well, get some help. And I just want to encourage you. How do we keep on going with this? Ephesians chapter 5. Learning to submit to your husbands, wives, submit to your husbands. Well, there was a book that I read a while back, and it was one of the best books I've ever read on marriage, and it was called Love and Respect. What it hinges on is actually a verse at the end of this chapter called verse 33, where Paul says, nevertheless, each of you must also love his own wife as himself, speaking to husbands, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. And, and th in this book, Love and Respect, the author goes in depth on this idea that we as men, we understand respect because that's who we are. It's almost intrinsic, and, and women are built to love. It's built into them. He uses this verse, and he says basically that men are being encouraged to love their wives because that's going to take effort, and it's an area that the men don't understand so well. And, and wives are being encouraged to respect their husbands because that's an area the wives don't know so well. Women are not being encouraged to love because they will love, because they do love, because they're built that way. Men are not being encouraged to respect because they're already built that way. They're going to do it because that's how we're built. All right, let me get back again to the verses that we're going through. So I, I started off by talking a little bit about sex and how sometimes people, men... And women sometimes want to try and take some of these verses and basically say, hey, you got to treat me this way because it's, it's what I want. And I'm just saying there's more to it than that. And there's not anything wrong with having desires. And if one of you has a desire that is something that the other one doesn't, doesn't really believe in, doesn't like the idea of anything, basically you don't agree then learn how to grow with each other. And sometimes that's going to always deal with compromise. It's also going to deal with growing in the Lord. And as you keep on growing with each other, you might have something that you might enjoy or the idea or something like that that you feel is okay. And it might be maybe it's years later. In other words, it might be further along in the relationship before your spouse feels okay with something that you do, or maybe your mind's going to be changed along the way and something that you were okay with. Actually, as you grow, you start saying to yourself, you know, I don't think I'm cool with that. 
I hope you see what I'm saying, that ultimately part of being married and having this relationship with a husband and wife is growing in the Lord and with each other and giving yourselves permission individually to change your mind and let your mind be changed. One of the verses from from the previous episode in episode 51. So I do by I, I do teaching kind of a thing on Tuesdays. That's why 51 is the episode before 53. Whereas on Thursdays I'm reading through the Bible in, in a in one of the books of the Bible right now in the Gospel of Matthew. Basically, even in Ephesians in the first part of chapter five, the Apostle Paul talks about being transformed by the renewing of our minds, which is also something that he mentions in Romans chapter 12. And I'm mentioning this again here when we're talking about husbands and wives and learning to love your wife and and wives, you know, respecting your husbands. But what's the fullness of that? What does that look like? I'm going to tell you that ultimately, John chapter 13, verse 34 Jesus is talking to his disciples, and he tells them that I give you a new command that you must love one another. As I have loved you, so you must love one another. I absolutely am astounded by what is implied, because what seems to be implied is that Jesus is trying to show and has been demonstrating to his disciples and to each of us, by the way, what love is from his point of view. And he tells them that they have to love each other the way that he loves them. He doesn't just simply say, you all love each other. He says, love each other the way I love you. And this is what I'm going to be trying to keep in your mind. These are seeds and water that I'm trying to sow into your hearts that our love for one another, and especially husbands and wives, loving each other, ought to be loving and learning to love each other the way Jesus loves us. How does he love us? And I'm talking about accepting us and accepting us for who we are right where we're at, but always hoping and helping and encouraging us to keep growing also. And in a way that's not condemning one another. Jesus loves us with mercy and grace. And he also encourages us with the truth. And where can we find truth? In his word. So I'm going to be holding up the banner. Keep reading your Bibles. Keep studying the word of God. And asking the Lord to reveal his truth, his way of life to you. And then as he does that, apply that in, in your life. All right, I'm going to keep on reading now. Verse 28. Even so, husbands also ought to love their own wives as their own bodies. He who loves his own wife loves himself. For no one ever hated his own flesh, but nourishes and cherishes it, even as Christ also does the church, because we are members of his body, of his flesh, and of his bones. For this cause, a man will leave his father and mother and will be joined to his wife, and the two will become one flesh. This mystery is great, but I speak concerning Christ and of the church. Nevertheless, 
each of you must also love his own wife, even as himself, and let the wife see that she respects her husband. In the notes in the description for this episode of God's Adopted, I actually have the title and the author and everything for that book, if you're interested in it. It's called Love and Respect, The Love She Most Desires, The Respect He Desperately Needs by Ingrich Emerson. So where are you at in all of this? Are there, are there things that you wrestle with in your marriage? Or maybe you're not married. Maybe you're single and you have different desires that, that maybe are saying, hey, maybe you need to be married. And if that's you, I just want you to pray about that and read chapter 7, 1 Corinthians chapter 7. Read through that and, and you know, read through this again, but pray about that and about relationships. And within the marriage, are there areas that, that aren't working out or that you continue to clash with each other that, that probably need to be worked out? If you need help, maybe, maybe you have a pastor or someone that you know is an imitator of God, not in an unhealthy way, but in the, a godly way, like is described in the first part of chapter 5 of, of Ephesians. What is God trying to reveal of himself to you today? Maybe there's something about yourself or your marriage that God's trying to reveal. I would encourage you, go to God with that in prayer. And I'm going to close in prayer now, and I pray that God blesses you. Father God, I do pray that you would bless my brothers and sisters and all of our families that are represented. And I lift up all the marriages that are represented. And Father, I pray that we would be able to grow closer to you and to each other in your love and in your truths. And I pray this and praise you, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. I love seeing how our real living God is working in and through our real living lives in this real world. Please subscribe to this podcast and keep listening. If you've been blessed or encouraged in some way and want to leave a review, please do that by writing your review on iTunes. If you haven't already, please drop in and say howdy in our Facebook group when you can. See you next time on The Water with Jesus.